I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. We're airborne. We don't start fights. We finish them. Morning on Tuesday, and still a ton of news uh, to talk about, to say the least. Michael Cohen, his office was raided, and that is that happened yesterday. And boy, there's a world to that. And that it's never happened before under these circumstances. Whereas I was just talking to Brian, where they've raided a lawyer's office. Versus, certainly not the personal attorney of a president. Trump said he was it was broken into by the FBI. I <laughs> know with a warrant. Sorry, it's not breaking in when you well, have a warrant. Go figure. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, Facebook uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg uh, arrives uh, Capitol Hill today in front of the Senate. Uh, two days of uh, talking about what Facebook is all about. All right, now, uh, Brian Suits, who, of course, is heard uh, right here Saturday and Sunday on KFI, uh, Saturday 10 to midnight, Sunday from 8 to 10. And uh, let's just go right into it, Syria. What is the president going to do what is happening? The Russians are denying. I love the fact the Russians came in and did their, quote, own investigation. Yeah, they didn't find anything. What are you talking about, nerve gas? I know. Ah. Yeah, terrific, isn't it? And this is, uh, like I was telling you yesterday, this is part of the setup from, um, from March 20th when they pre-announced that if any nerve gas is used in Syria, it's the rebels doing it. So this, of course, is a fait accompli. It's, see, didn't we tell you this? Yeah, uh, except there was no nerve gas. No, it was chlorine. And then the other, the other loophole No, no, there, I'm saying it was, uh, no, the Russians saying there's no evidence at all of anything, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And if there was yesterday at the UN, the, uh, the Russian ambassador said within 30 seconds of himself, um, A, there was no nerve gas or any kind of gas, and secondly, it's a false flag. Well, wait, what? So either, the, so, so not much of a false flag if you don't actually drop some gas somewhere. Yeah, um, so uh, let's talk about what has happened. It's a given that... Uh, uh, that uh, it's Duma, right? Uh, the town yeah. uh, that is uh, sort of the last stronghold or one of the last strongholds of the uh, the free Syrian army, if you will. Uh, and, and this is a really wacky Al-Qaeda-linked militia who, by the way, got on buses and left yesterday. So nerve gas, as horrific as it is, from Assad's perspective, as horrific as it is, it worked. Uh, and now he's got Putin getting his back. And so the strategic situation right now is it's 7.06 p.m. in Damascus. The sun's down, obviously. We have been doing unbroken electronic reconnaissance off the Syrian coast since this time yesterday. The Russians are doing reconnaissance on us. I was incorrect yesterday. The USS Harry Truman Carrier Group is in the Eastern Med. Um, and so that is uh, six guided missile cruisers. A, a, a total of about 480 Tomahawk missiles can be launched simultaneously. In the next eight hours. That's from the American side. Just from that How carry about, group. Now, the Russian the, Not the, counting the sub. Now, the Russian side. Uh, and plus, we've announced it's a joint, whatever's going to happen is going to be a joint strike with the UK and France. And the French have a carrier there as well. The Russians have sortied uh, their Black Sea fleet in the Eastern Med. They're doing surveillance on the U.S. Navy. Um, and, and so the Russians are giving the indications that, hey, this is not like last year. This year, we're going to shoot your cruise missiles down. All right, so uh, the president is clearly going to do something. I mean, this is not a guy who's just going to sit back and uh, say uh, you cross the pink line because it's certainly not a red yeah. line anymore. No one can, you know, that's off the table. So to the extent that the United States strikes uh, uh, Assad, 
or bases or I, I, I'm just thinking about the presidential palace in Damascus for all I know. Uh, do the Russians just go tit for tat? Uh, um, you mean what? You mean strike back? Yeah, exactly. Well, not strike back to them. Although, yet, yeah, does do the Russians attack U.S. forces? We're not going to put any manned aircraft in Syrian airspace. So we're not going to give them a chance. But if we did, we have clearly we have a, a concern that there would be a causus belli. That there would be a, a reason for they could call it self defense legitimately. But they're not going to shoot at American ships. But when we launch cruise missiles, they're going to attempt to shoot every one of them down, which is why the Israelis showed us two nights ago. If you shower them with cruise missiles and they shoot eight down, who cares? Forty hit their target. And that's, I assume, going to happen. Where would the president uh, shoot uh, these uh, cruise missiles? Uh, What would be the targets? There's a couple different targets in the mountains between the Mediterranean and the flat part of Syria uh, that are uh, uh, suspected Iranian, uh, if if not chemical weapon factories, then storage places. And, of course, the, the danger in hitting a chemical weapon dump is that you release a bunch of chemical weapons, and you've just disproved your own point. Unless you pulverize it, unless oh, it becomes— It has uh, to be incinerated. Right. Yeah, there was a documentary about that. Remember when those rogue Marines took over Alcatraz in 1997 or 96? No. The I Rock? Don't, I don't remember. I know what The Rock is. I know yeah. what Alcatraz, Alcatraz well, is, but anyway, I don't remember the documentary. I'm referencing a movie. I can't, uh, okay. I can't do that to you. Like, no, it's you it's a great movie, Sean Connery. And so, um, uh, yeah, they have to incinerate the stuff, but the thing is that's not what tomahawks do. Tomahawk, tomahawks go bluey. They do an airburst bluey. How good is the intelligence uh, that the United States has? And I'm assuming they share it with Israel. I'm assuming they share it with all of our allies. Yeah. In terms of uh, potential targets in Syria. It's phenomenal. It's real-time phone calls, real-time translation, things like that. And so probably dumps of chemical weapons or storage places are probably off the target list. But very this time, extremely high-value command and control nodes. And things like that are probably on the list because last year a, a, a disused airfield, a barely used airfield, didn't make a point. But this year, if you kill a couple field marshals in the next eight hours, and 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 the danger here is the Russians might pre-plant their own people, um, you know, and just tell us, by the way, you can't hit here, here, or here, um, and because so, that's their countermeasure, and it's a pretty good countermeasure. As as I told you yesterday, the Israelis have that deconfliction with Moscow where they just say, okay, three hours from now we're hitting this one place. And so the reports are on Sunday night that Russians literally quietly slipped away from that base, the T-4 air base that was hit in Syria. So that's your, that's your canary in the coal mine. If you look around and there's no more Russians at the base you're in in Syria, you might want to think about checking out early. Now, do they share that in the Russians? Do they share that information with their allies, no. the Syrians? No. That's, when you're allies with the Russians, that's how it works. Just ask the Poles. It's a one-way street because the Iranians lost some pretty high-ranking people. And they're t- calling Putin going, hey, a heads up would have been nice. We would have at least called these guys and said, get under a desk or something. But you just you just skive off. You just drive off the base and leave our guys without any heads up. So now they know. Now every Syrian and Iranian and Hezbollah guy know uh, that if you look around and you don't see any Russians, probably time to dig a hole. It's like Passover. Yeah. If you see that red blood over the uh, uh, over the doorway, you get the hell out of Dodge. Uh in terms of targets, last time around when uh, the president unleashed the target against that one air base, that was sort of inconsequential. Are you looking this time at seeing some real targets that do some real damage? Yeah, they, they have to hit because, you know, Syria is run by a minority of a minority. The Alawites, which is an offshoot of Shia Islam, rule over a country that's 90 percent Sunni. 
And when they lose people, they feel it really hard. Like they're, they fly the fighter planes, not the helicopters. They drive the ships. They're all, they're all the generals and field marshals. When they lose a, a handful of people, those families feel it really, really hard. And they call right up to Bashar Assad and say, thanks, a-hole. That was my favorite uncle, you know, or, or whatever. And, and so the, the infrastructure that runs the country is going to be the target this time. And that, that's why the Russians this time might actually break a sweat and, and try to defend the Syrians. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, let's switch gears and talk about North Korea and uh, the summit and uh, the definition of denuclearization. Looks like Kim Jong-un is actually using that word. And also coming up after the break, your chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you have bleeding gums, obviously that's hugely disgusting. Call Cunning Dental for a free exam. Call 888-640. I was about to say 640 uh, gums, but it's not. Uh, 888-640-SMILE. All right, Handle here. It is a uh, Tuesday, April the 10th. Uh, first of all, here is, here's a, a chance for you to win some cash. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. The winner's notified by a phone call, and you have to answer the call to win. Brenda Serrano in San Bernardino did, and she's $1,000 richer. Your next chance to win next hour. All right, some of the big stories that were, <clears throat> excuse me, covering uh, the gender wage gap ruling federal appeals court said employers cannot base a new worker's pay on past salary. And that's fairly big news. Mark Zuckerberg in front of the Senate Capitol Hill today. Two days. He's going to be answering questions about uh, Facebook. All right, back we go to uh, Brian Suits or with Brian Suits. Brian heard uh, every Saturday and Sunday here on KFI, nine uh, or 10 to midnight on uh, Saturday, 8 to 10 on Sunday. All right. Brian, it looks like the president, uh, the first one in, well, forever, is going to sit down with uh, one of the Kims, Kim Jong-un, and talk about denuclearization as well as, I guess, they're not going to talk about normalizing relations, are they? There's the on button. That would be after. That's our condition, is that's after denuclearization. But what does denuclearization mean to you when you hear that word in English? Uh, it means uh, to denuclearize, get rid of nukes. Yeah, right? Well, in Korean, in North Korean specifically, their whole reasoning here is, well, this implies that we have nuclear weapons to begin with, so we have a green light to get them. And when we get them, we're not going to get rid of them. Denuclearization to them means that they they get a warhead that can reenter the Earth's atmosphere. They have to have a viable weapon, and then they'll promise not to use it. That's, that is their goal line for denuclearization. And when they reach that, then you suddenly open up the, the, you know, the, your wallet and, and help them. Our idea is, no, no, you dismantle your entire nuclear and missile program. The North Koreans have never said that. They've never said, well, let's talk about us absolutely wasting all the, the, the two generations and 25 years that it took to get these. Their idea of denuclearization is, first of all, perfecting nuclear weapons and then promising not to use them. Now, that's going to happen anyway. Uh, it's sort of a given because if the most important thing that Kim Jong-un wants, more important than anything else, is to create the nuclear weapons. Yeah. Uh, and so why don't we simply accept the fact that they are a nuclear power and deal with that? That The simplest solution would be to say, you, you be you, but you must sign a peace treaty with South Korea and end 
the ceasefire and the conflict that's been going on since, since June of 1950. It's still a ceasefire. So sign a peace treaty, and then you're not going to, of course, you won't object when we re, redeploy nuclear weapons to South Korea just as a guarantee that you'll never use their nukes. Uh, and because South Korea said, hey, they're not for South Korea, Russia, China, or Japan. It's just for the U.S. And we would say then you won't have any problem with us redeploying nuclear weapons to South Korea. That, that would be an end of it um, from a you know, justifiable standpoint. The North Koreans would be happy uh, and all that. But uh, the North Koreans want everything out of this. They want to be bribed into uh, our definition of denuclearization. And there's almost no price that they would accept to stop their, uh, their program well, to and put that's, and that's the point. nuclear missiles. And that's the point. So the only alternative is to, in fact, deal with them as a real country. Yeah. Uh, because we deal with plenty of other countries that we would uh, consider rogue countries. Pakistan has nukes. You know, India has nukes. And that's the thing is the problem is Clinton said they're not going to have nukes. Bush said they're not going to have nukes. Obama said they're not going to have nukes. Now Trump has said they're not going to have nukes. You know, a succession of presidents have said they're not going to have nukes. And in English, that means you're not going to have nukes. If you suddenly say, well, we're going to accept the Korean language definition of denuclearization, which is where you have them, but you promise not to use them. All right. So with the presidents going uh, all the way back saying there are going to be no nukes, no nukes, no nukes, and they're going forward and doing it anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's a pyrrhic argument. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, and also, by the way, as a heads up, as we know, Kim Jong-un hates it when he's not in the news in the U.S. Right now, the only thing in the news, foreign policy-wise, is Syria. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's a, a, a missile test later on today. So how closely, He hates this crap. Yeah, how closely do the North Koreans follow the news? I mean, to the point where... Real time. Uh, is it uh, watching Fox and Friends? Literally, yeah, re in real time. In, in absolute real time, they're watching the news cycle... Kim Jong-un speaks, speaks English, uh, reads English when he wants to. So, yeah, they're, they're, they pay close attention. Just real quickly, I don't know if you know the question, if you know the answer here. How, how good is his English? It is pretty good. He went, to, he went to a middle school and high school in Switzerland that was taught in English uh, and French. And so his schoolmates say he's fine. He watched the NBA. Uh, he watched the satellite feed of the NBA. Uh, the, the guy speaks, uh, he, he understands, and he speaks English. Uh, does he have any connection? And, or Rodman is sitting there with him. Half the time they're speaking in English. And the other half, I didn't know Rodman spoke, spoke Korean. Well, no. Obviously, Can you understand Dennis Rodman? Yeah, no, He needs a translator, not. and so that's why that guy's sitting there. Uh, does Kim Jong-un 